Hello again and welcome to the third episode of the Western Sports Football Club podcast. We never thought we'd make it this far, but we're giving it another go. It's been a week of historic events, both in football and real life. And now it's our turn to talk about the happenings of the weekend and the big issues of the day and bask in the reflected glory of England reaching a semi-final for the second time in a year. It's Thursday the 22nd of November and once again we're in Western Sports FC HQ surrounded by the sound of satisfied customers. Today we discuss the weekend's results, goings on in the wider football world and look forward to the weekend, weekend ahead. With me are players Ant Heron and Alex Murphy. So guys, uh, the weekend it was a, a 4-0 victory against Parley. Uh, they've been going pretty well but in the end a convincing victory. Yeah, good result wasn't it? Um, started off quite tight and then, I don't know, the penalty they sort of just fell apart after I don't know after half hour or so and it turned out quite a nice victory um, hard difficult team aren't they um, but yeah I, 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 we played well um, it's nice to see Johnny Manley score wasn't it eventually he's, he's a rock at the back and he is that his first is that his first goal I don't know he's bloody should score more but I'm joking Johnny um, <laughs> but yeah no it was good I enjoyed it Okay, so you had the ball in the net pretty early, Ant, but it was given offside. Yeah. How, did, how did you feel about that? Questionable lines, but now it's about 20 foot offside, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah no, nothing in that. But. Uh, so, good start, pressure, but I think there were, there were chances at both ends before the deadlock was broken. Sam Watts properly make a, a good save as well, just before, well, while it was still nil-nil. Yeah, uh, obviously I started off on, on the bench but um, was watching, it looked like the team were well on top uh, and, was, and, and the, front, the other two up front were, were playing well. Hayden was starting to get a foothold in the game um, but they had a chance and Swatsy made a good save and every, obviously everyone knows what he can do. Um, loads of clean sheets last year but uh, yeah, it was a good save but that was their only chance of note really. And the opening goal came about through uh, a penalty, and and obviously you were instrumental in this because you were fouled. So talk us through it. Uh, I can't. Remember. I think it was Steve. Didn't he chase down a loose ball? Uh, sort of squared it to me, centre half. Someone can't remember. Just swiped, the, cleaned my legs out from about six yards out. So yeah, Stonewall penalty in Hayden uh, breaks me. He's penalty taker, isn't he? <laughs> I'd rather have scored, but yeah, no, Hayden stuck it away. He's, I can't remember him missing one. I think he's missed one in about two years, and he so yeah, fair play. You can stay on him. <laughs> okay, so that was one nil, and uh, before half time there was a, a sin binning. Uh, so Parley went down to ten, but um, I think it was dissent. But we couldn't quite capitalise or, or push a get a second goal in before half time. Yeah, it looked it looked like their centre mid dropped into centre half, um, and they actually looked stronger like that, um, which is sometimes the way when you go down to ten men, you seem to become a bit stronger. But yeah, they one of their centre mids um, dropped in, as say, into centre half, and they kind of shut up shop. Um, and I think was that it? Was that through to half time one nil? Yeah, got through to half time at one nil. Um, obviously, I I was too busy shooting with Carney and Scott. Uh, who were also on the bench, uh, bending in free kicks, trying to get Gibbo's line of sight uh, from 25 yards out while he's giving them a team talk. Uh, but yeah, I think they finished the half with 10 men uh, and it was a couple minutes before the skipper could come back on. OK, but not long into the second half and it might even have been while they were still down to 10. It was 2-0 it was and this one was a goal by Steve Ormrod and again, Ant, you were heavily involved in this one. Yeah, do you know what, right? I wish Painter if you're listening mate could just play these passes right 
Yeah, <laughs> just a simple ball in in behind the defence for your you know your buddy to run onto and have a one on one. But yeah, it, it's good finish by uh, Steve. He's prolific at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Obviously, he I goes clean through. He's going to score. Either. Yeah. First half, you're watching him, and Ben and Harry were looking at him like, "What on earth is going on?" And I'm thinking. I'm there warming up thinking, here I go, here I come, I'm getting 45 there. Anyway, I'll just give it 10 and I thought, as soon as he said that, I thought, I know what's going to happen here, Steve's going to notch. And um, I think even their side said, he just has this uncanny touch before he shoots where he seems to just get it in the perfect position. So, fair play to him. He's top goal scorer? Yeah. Is yeah, Steve is top goal scorer yeah. at the moment, yeah. So he's, I can't, can't knock him out. He's on fire like that. Uh, so the third goal was a, um, it was a header from a corner, I think. Johnny Manley, like you mentioned earlier, and getting on the score sheet. And uh, I think we've seen a video from this. So it's a towering back post header. Yeah, I, I can't, I, it was either a corner or a free kick, but uh, Hayde whipped it in um, after being told by Parley's bench that he wasn't very good uh, throughout the game. <laughs> Uh, whipped it and I think we all know what Hayde can do annoyingly um, <laughs> and uh, some, someone called it when you watch the video that was on Twitter you, someone calls Johnny to make the run and he comes powering through and headers it and then uh, obviously because he doesn't score very often don't really know what to do so decides to celebrate by dribbling the ball out of the net and back to the halfway <laughs> line and putting it on the centre spot and just kind of running back into position so fair play Okay, I have seen a video of that, so we'll try and um, get that onto social media for you so we can all uh, get a view, uh, which is a, a great back post header. Uh, I think, from the reports I've had, that uh, Parley had a, had a good opportunity when the score was 3-0, um, but missed it. Um, but not too long after that, it was 4-0, and it was a, a ball from Hayden to Steve Ormrod who netted again. Yeah, get, yeah again, wasn't it? Just simple... Puts him clean through, and he's not. He isn't going to miss at the moment. I, I get. I think it was again. Uh, opens up his body, just puts it bottom left. Keeper got nowhere near, really, did he? No. He's, yeah, he's just when he goes clean through at the minute, he is going to score, isn't he? So, yeah, it's good for us. Good. Scores a few cutting in from that right wing position, doesn't he? So, so that's it. Finished four 0 So a cracking result for us. Really uh, leaves us in a third in the league, um, level on points with Cobham, but a game in hand. Other results from the day were Blandford 4, Hulk 1, Gillingham 2, Balty 0, Hamrek 7, Bridport 1, Sherborne 0, Cobham 8, Stern Newton 2, Dort Sports 1, uh, Wareham 1, Swanage 1, and obviously our 4-0 victory. Uh, there's a couple that stand out there, guys. I mean, Hulk, three weeks ago, they sort of cancelled against Hamrek in the Cup, who couldn't get a side. Uh, the week after, they were supposed to play us, but the pitch was waterlogged and on that very rainy week. And today or this weekend just gone they've lost four to Blanford which is probably the surprise result of the day do we think there's something's going on there yeah I just don't get Holt honestly like they well they, they beat us 2-0 at the start of the season didn't they was it 2-0 yeah and like they, their quality you know not, not saying against Blanford but you just don't you, they go from beating us you know beating Westerns away 2-0 you know you know we had a good season last year to I don't know 4 on Blanford they're, they're just a, I don't just don't get the side <laughs> Yeah, very good whenever we play them. And, and Blanford in tenth, you'd expect Holt to, to maybe do, do better than that. And the um, the obviously the other result stands out is I mean Cobham netting eight against Sherborne. Um, I don't think we're suggesting that a Cobham victory is a surprise as such, but to score eight is you know laying down a marker, isn't it? 
Yeah, I've, I've uh, as I only just stepped up to start playing uh, for the one, so I haven't got too much experience of it. Um, but in second place, looks like they're a side who are going to be right up there this year. But um, I think I didn't play, but I think the first team you beat Sherbourne one 0 didn't you? So to put eight past them seems like a hell of a result. But it might be a bit like ours, where with a reserve team, sometimes you have five or six players that through going away and stuff like that have to step up to the first team or aren't there and suddenly you're fielding a different 11 which obviously JR and Sheardy know all about Okay, there's one other result really that stands out there I think and um, although Dorchester Sports currently sit in ninth place which is not as high as they have been over the last couple of seasons they're still a strong side and to lose um, at Stern Newton who are bottom of the league and that's their first victory this season again perhaps a, a bit of a surprise and also a little bit of a surprise that Dorchester Sports aren't going quite so well this season yeah because they were they were right up there until the end of last year weren't they um, well it's good you know so it's Newton to finally get a win and I don't know maybe I don't know is it is it, is it Dorchester you know what do they play on a 4G yeah something like that 3 or 2 yeah. 4G Stamets and Newton ain't a 4G is it not by any stretch so yeah I don't know yeah um, have, they, have they lost players I don't like you said in this league like Murph's saying you, players don't you know do go away on you know trips away or with the lads or you know holidays or they've just got other commitments so they might literally have just had a a week inside or, or Sturmints that were just better on the day Anyway, good weekend for the first team. Uh, so moving on to the reserve team game. Now, we were hoping to have uh, Matty Phillips here with us today. Um, but five minutes after we were supposed to meet, he realised he had a Skittles match tonight and couldn't quite make it, which is slightly uh, disappointing, but never mind. Uh, so to give you a brief rundown then, uh, the reserves were away at unbeaten Corf, sorry, Corf Mullen, who were unbeaten at home. Uh, they play at Melbourne St Andrew. Uh, the pitch is very high and exposed to the elements, but it's a lovely view, to be honest. Um, it's bit of a flurry at the start and Corfe Mullen were, were on top but once the game settled down five or ten minutes in Weston sort of took control uh, Jamie Burt had a head of perhaps he should have done better with it sort of went over uh, and Liam Stobbs missed a few early chances but he was certainly looking the danger man eventually he took the lead uh, through ball and Liam Stobbs did go through missed another chance but the rebound off the keeper's legs fell to Joe Jarvis who managed to sort of dink it into the net from a, a good yard and a half um, second half was going pretty well everything was very comfortable never really felt like Weston was going to concede but that's just what he did a nothing ball into the box sort of wasn't dealt with by a couple of players and it bounced around came off a couple of legs and was thrashed into the net uh, but literally 90 seconds later Rory like a mountain top St Bernard came to the rescue and I think Corf will be slightly disappointed with the goal it was a ball at the top the defender could have cleared it but sort of scuffed it straight into Rory's path. But he still had a lot to do. He took it well, took it down, touched inside the box and thrashed it into the net. So um, a, a great finish from a sort of maybe a lucky opportunity to a degree, but you still got to, he still had a lot to do and you still got to do it. And he did it very well. So come away with a good 2-1 victory there. Um, other results on the day were Cranbourne 3, Broadstone 0, Poolborough 0, Mere 8 and which Hampton nil, Allendale first, uh, Allendale three. So that leaves us top of the pile. Uh, we're six points clear from Mir at the moment, but Mir do have a game in hand, so uh, there could be just three points in it after Mir have played that game in hand, and obviously we've still got to play Mir again this season, so 
you beat them? You yeah, the they beat them away at Mir. Yeah, that was where I scored my Di Maria chip on it, and we spoke about Nigel, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Quickest man <laughs> on the planet. Uh, so there's a long way to go this season, but right now we're in a, we're in a very healthy position. The under-18s made a hat-trick of weekend victories with a 2-0 victory in the Somerset Cup over Nelsey. Sam Fuller put us 1-0 up at half-time and a Luca Martin penalty in the second half saw us home. So we look forward to the next round of the Cup and we like doing well in the Cup competitions. So coming up this weekend, uh, the first travel to Balti Sports. Balti's um, recent results are a 2-0 defeat last weekend to Gillingham, a 6-0 defeat a couple of weekends previous to Parley before that a 4-1 victory so I'd say the last couple of weekends are probably results that we wouldn't have been expecting from Bolton yeah definitely um, surprising isn't it because every time we've ever played them it's just such a tough game so I don't know I don't know if they've got players missing or it's just I don't, anyone could be anyone in this league can't they like, as, as shown through you know Sturmitz to beat in Dorchester and, and other results so you know let's hope it continues at least for another week therefore I do know the Balti manager Marco quite well he's a lovely guy I really like talking to him and I know some of their guys are postmen and when we go to early kickoffs they struggle with away games <laughs> genuinely um, so the last, the last couple of weeks have been away games so they're at home this weekend to us I think we're probably expecting a really tough game yeah well last year we played them reserves played them in the cup um we won 3-1 that day, but they were a good side. They got uh, a few lads who turn up who, you know, you, you think, well, you think on first glance, you're like, these guys aren't ballers, but turns up and they're, they're fantastic players. And also there's one lad who's got a nice tattoo on his neck, so I want to just speak to him about where he got that done because I'll probably be looking to get similar. It's a pretty smart kiss that he's got on his neck, so it'd be good to chat with him. Well, I hope he listens to this. The reserves, the reserves face Cranbourne. Uh, it's a rare home game for them. They're uh, playing at Alvington. Cranbourne's recent results have been a 3-0 victory last weekend at, Broadstone, uh, at home to Broadstone. A 2-all, game, a two-all match with Allendale and a 2-1 victory over Dorchester Sports. So they've been going pretty well lately with seven points in their last three games. They have played them all at home, which their pitch is certainly an advantage and they know how to play their pitch, always have done. But I think the West the reserves have got to go out looking for three points on that one at the moment Cranbourne currently sit mid-table and it's a game on paper they should win and if the, you've got league title ambitions then it's a game you have to win really I think they've got a few back the reserves I think Charlie's back um, so he's obviously on his day really really strong player in that league um, when he can be asked to try but that's a different matter we won't go on to that but uh, yeah should be another another chance for a win and as say a rare home game so I think that's like six in a row now that the resis have had away from home but it's uh, it's looking pretty strong and I think JR and Sheardy have started you know not saying it too loud but started thinking about uh, potentially being in, in the title race so from that would be a step up from last year and I think an even bigger step up from the year before uh, so yeah going well Okay, so moving on from our uh, Western sports topics, let's move on to like the biggest stories of the week. So, Ant, do you think there's going to be enough votes to trigger a leadership contest in the Tory party? Oh, <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I don't think that's what anybody wants to hear. Uh, England, Croatia, it's coming home, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, put your flights to 
Lisbon or you know wherever it's going to be it is in Portugal isn't it next next yeah, yeah. yeah book your tickets it's coming home isn't it it is in Portugal what is it that's coming home the UEFA Nations League is coming home <laughs> whatever that means I've heard I've heard that if you win it or win your group then if you don't qualify through European qualification you then go into a playoff where you can then go to the Euros I, I don't know like Scotland are guaranteed a, a playoff of something I don't yeah know. I think it's like if you won your pot but when Croatia won nil up it was a silly little tournament you know no one cares let's all pack up let's head home no one wants to be in that but now it's uh, it's absolutely massive and yeah I'm uh, I think it is coming home it's good to, to win something get into that habit of just winning a I don't know it's obviously not a major tournament but do you know what I mean getting through that sort of semi-final it's winnable as well because some of the teams left in it I think like there was some shocks in the group so I think like Belgium got spun 5-2 by the Swiss you're coming on to it sorry well was it but yeah they they were uh, we're Switzerland Portugal England and Netherlands Netherlands what else you got Wales (laughs) okay so I heard um, I heard on the radio I heard someone describe this as the best year ever for England's football team now I know we've lost the semi-final which we've done in previous years 1986 World Cup 1996 European Championships and reached the semi-final but would the lads of 1966 have an argument with that? I don't know you're the only one who'll be able to remember it mate so <laughs> what was it like? Don't ask me an amp we're both born in the 90s Yeah it might not have been the 90s but um, definitely wasn't the 60s I'm pretty sure winning the World Cup's slightly better Who said that? Uh, I can't remember someone on Radio 5 Live um, but Potentially, well, we'll see. It was potentially the first opportunity we got to win something since Le Tournoi, if anyone can remember that, or is that before your time as well? That was Le Tournoi was that tournament of the Roberto Carlos free kick. 98. 98 World Cup. Banana free kick. That, yeah. Was that against Scotland? No, nah, that banana... Was it? I thought the one where he bent it round was against Scotland. Really. It was a small tournament. It was uh, a small tournament right. just before the World Cup, I think. Oh, OK. Uh, and it was just a, which, which we won. 98. No, I don't have a clue. No, sorry, Wells, you may I think I don't think we know what we're talking about this, so we'll move on. So let's have a little think about the game. Um, positives were we went behind, we came back. Mm-hmm. Great news. The first half, we looked pretty good. We had a lot of chances. Yeah, well, I think we're, we're, we're good going forward, aren't we? I think we're like with our pace and um, attacking options, I think we're going to cause sort of anyone problems. Like, is our only question mark a centre midfielder and you know an yeah. absolute balling centre midfielder that'll that'll drag us through some games because um, if you think if like Sterling's probably the best England player at the minute isn't he arguably if you know if he's if him and Kane aren't on it you know I, I don't know I worry sometimes a bit for us so after uh, quite a few missed opportunities in the first half I stood in the pub watching it for some couple of our lads and we said well it's got 1-0 to Croatia written all over this and not long into it it was 1-0 to Croatia yeah it was a bit of an odd one wasn't it they were, England were pressing for the goal and looked like it was coming and then uh, I think Gary Neville did a piece about John Stones and how much he's coming on but kind of stepped up to make a challenge and then as he was filtering back didn't pick up the man and uh, Cramrich took the ball and danced sort of danced around a bit and then hit a shot into 
Eric Dyer, which hopefully is his last act in an England shirt. Uh, <laughs> is that because if he's the answer, I don't want to know what the question is because he is not for me. But uh, yeah, so and uh, obviously looped in over Pickford and one nil. And as you say, I'm thinking silly little tournament anyway. So <laughs> nobody, nobody's too worried. Okay, now here's a natural stat for you, one that's very real. It, that, um, this is the first time ever in any England match where, with 15 minutes to go, they've been losing and they've come back to, to win. Yeah. So, has this team got a bit more about it than some of its predecessors? Well, well stats do not lie, do they? Um, yeah, I guess so, and they? They've got that sort of belief. Um, we've got set pieces down to a T at the minute haven't we I think we're um, I don't know I don't know what you think about you know I think about that but that, you know they just, on the radio they're saying like is that all we've got but you know it's it's working isn't it well that was my next sort of two questions actually we've got this new style of play in the South game like first half we were very attacking and we looked like well we didn't look we did create chances we looked a threat at occasions but we scored from a long throw and a set piece we might as well still have Allardyce in charge haven't we Nah, I think that the, in like the game against Spain, it was a very similar first half to how we played there, but the chances went in. I think Sterling seems to struggle when he's got time to think about his finish. Like he gets there, Rashford's the same. He has like he seems to they seem to not like time on the ball, and I I must admit I've, I thought Harry Kane wasn't too good either. I I made a horrendous call. Uh, about 70 minutes same to bring him off for Callum Wilson so I'll admit that I did make that call but um, no they've come on loads haven't they I think that it's just like it seems to be that that culture of all being friends and stuff like that I think man for man they're not not as good as England teams of the past but or like you know the kind of Beckham, Gerrard, Lampard, Scholes era, but they just there seems to be that togetherness where it doesn't matter. You know, Liverpool and United players will sit together and have a chat and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's good. Certain results are good, and with our new attitude, our dependence on set pieces to a degree. Apart from having a, a nice hand clap, are we the new Iceland? <laughs> no, come on, that's unfair, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It's looking promising, isn't it? It's quite, you know, average age of the squad is 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 very young. We got, you know, I know you don't like Kane, but like, uh, you know, arguably, you know, not, you know, no, 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 United fans, United fans, until he signs for you, you're not going to like him. <laughs> no, I'd have him. I'd just about have him over Lukaku now. Yeah, after exactly. standing by Red Rom for a couple of years, I do think Kane's slightly better now. Yeah, I just think we're we're set up nicely. One of you know leading strikers in the world, Sterling's at the top of his game. Rashford, oh, frustrating, and he doesn't. You know he needs to come consistent. Is it? You know that chance he missed against Juve for United. Oh, it yeah. weren't a surprise that he missed it, was it? Yeah. You know he's that sort of player. Just you know we're not there, and Southgate knows that. But I think that's that's fine. We'd have taken it. I was I was looking looking through the England team slash squad, and. You could argue maybe about the quality, but it does feel like we have a depth maybe we haven't had before, that we have a replacement in each position, which we haven't really had before. Like, yes, Pickford's probably clearly the number one, but we do have a couple of people who are quite close. Um, although Stones is a standout centre-half, we, we didn't play Maguire on uh, the weekend. Um, you know, we've got Walker who started, but you could have Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, Arnold started. Yeah. You've got 
you know, Shaw and Danny Rose who aren't getting a game at left back. Um, you've got other wide men who can come on and do stuff. You've got Lingard and Ali who were sat on the bench. Maybe we're a bit light in centre midfield. We know that, and we, we certainly probably haven't got another striker. But it's promising to have that level of player to, to be able to bring on, which is of a similar ilk. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's, it's hard one now with England, isn't it? I don't even know who you would have as a backup striker because he's just not going to take Kane off, is he? So. You know, play, we we've got plenty of those players that can play in and around. But if, if Kane did get injured, you would you'd, you'd worry slightly for England then, wouldn't you? Because he does so much. He does hold the ball up well, doesn't he? He he doesn't lose many headers. He's, his touch is good. His passing's good. But you know, as good as people like Callum Wilson have been this season, you wouldn't feel confident him dragging you through tournaments. Certainly. Apologies if you can hear the sound of them uh, promoting the quiz in the background, but we'll, we'll carry on anyway and hope it's not too loud. Um, but yes, without Harry Kane, you'd maybe have to think about playing the false nine and maybe that's not England's bag. There's no real obvious replacement or other way of playing, is there? No, I'm just trying to think there. Beyond Callum Wilson, I don't really know who else there is. I can't think of anyone. Um, play Rashford down the middle. Yeah, play Rashford down the middle, but... They've kind of thought about that for United a little bit, and they uh, and it's just not not worked out. Well, you're United fans. Could he play down the middle, Rashford? Maybe in time, but not yet. No, I don't think he's anywhere near it. He's just not consistent Speaking enough. Speaking of people he... that aren't consistent, Sam Carney's just walked in. Carney, hello, mate. A bit Come like Rashford. Say hello. Career started off well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> falling off a cliff. But I mean, Rashford's still twenty. He's just turned twenty-one. You know, young players. Young players aren't consistent. Um, isn't that something that he'll grow into as he as he gets older? Yeah, I think so. But you got you got issues like I've seen today that his agent has been a nightmare all week, saying that Rashford wants to be playing more consistent football and started linking him with PSG, Real Madrid, and clubs like that. And you're just thinking, hang on a minute, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Personally, I think he's a United lad and wants to stay. But it's almost like the nature of the game is trying to eke out another 20 grand a week or something like that and you think you've got to start doing it week in week out you know Sanchez and Lukaku aren't performing so Rashford Martial and whoever the whoever the the third one is there need to start you know really nailing it down I and mean, I don't think that Rashford at the minute is uh, is doing enough he needs to add goals to his game okay so uh, other players who Lingard who came on obviously scored a goal uh, was involved in the second goal I think as well uh, I know the first one was a tapping but something that no one's really talking about as much or I certainly haven't heard it was his contribution at the other end as well goal line clearance when it was one all kept, kept the game alive he's good isn't he? I, well I like Lingard I, I know he's teetered off a bit for, for club form but he, he, big, he's, I don't know well he likes Wembley doesn't he he's good for England yeah he, I, I, like, I like Lingard um works hard and you know probably one of our better players in the summer wasn't he I think his, his movement's probably the best yeah. part of his game he breaks lines and sets things up so yeah. so um, I think it was interesting and good to see was it Jaden Sancho come on and he looked sharp when he came on he had great feet a couple of times looking to go by players it's good that he's getting experience so I guess the question is the, the development that he's had he decided to leave City in the summer go to Dortmund go to a new country new way of life which is something which English players really don't do very often and particularly as a young well basically he's still a young boy yeah. he's now playing for 
Bristol Dortmund regularly. He's scoring regularly. He's making assists regularly. He's playing for the team who are top of the Bundesliga. He's forced his way into the England squad. Has Phil Foden made the right decision to stay at City and not go out on loan? Is he learning more under Guardiola or would, if he'd have done the same, would he be in the England squad? No, I... It's a bit of a tough one because the only reason that Sancho went to Dortmund is because City didn't bow to his wage demand. So he was he was probably in the wrong there to start with. But, you know, fair play to go out and start doing it in, in Germany and move there as a young lad. But I imagine that Phil Foden, who's, a, I think, a, a Manchester lad, has grown up absolutely loving City. And he's, a, he's starting to starting to play a bit more football and like I don't I, that style of play that he he seems to be playing is just seems to fit with Pep I don't think there's really anyone better in the world to to teach him like and develop him and I I don't think it would be too long till he's England regular and a Man City regular I think you know not that he could not that I'm saying he's the next David Silva but when a player like that is starting you know playing with them every day and could potentially replace him in midfield I've just I think he's he's right to stay but yeah fair play to Sancho yeah you, there's an argument to say that Pep's pretty much improved every player in the City squad so you would understand why he would stay yeah best manager in the world David Silva's been what the most consistent centre mid and definitely in the Prem for the last eight years it's a hard one isn't it where would he go that he would you think he'd honestly get better than being where he where he is I know playing more games but like with with Sancho going to, no one thought Dortmund would be top of the league and I, you know it's credit to them and, and so, but no no you should stay definitely yeah no definitely best manager in the world best players in the world really you know De Bruyne and David Silva learning off them could you go anywhere better really okay so I read an article earlier today actually um, by Annie Aluku uh, the England player ladies England player uh, now the article for her suggested that obviously there's a, the, this, the finals of the Nations League tournament next summer in Portugal and going on current form Sancho would be in the England squad you'd have to say and if he carries on his current form for Dortmund you'd, he's going to score more he's going to assist more it's a definite thing for him to be in there but she said he should not be selected for that and he should go to the under 21 European Championships and play a tournament football which is in Italy which our under 21s are one of the favourites for do you think he should go with the under 21s and play a full tournament or do you think he should go to Portugal with the first team and maybe maybe play three games as a substitute or maybe by that time he might be a starter who knows hey, that's the thing isn't it it's all Hypothetical, isn't it? So yeah, if he if he's going to start every game for England in the first team, then he'd go. If he's, you know, realistically not going to play, then yeah, of course, send him to under twenty ones. It's it's when it's that in between the you know stage. Um, go, go with the first team. How is Rashford twenty one yet? Yeah. Is he? He's just twenty one. But he, I presume because he could go though, can't you? Isn't there something about if you're young enough yeah, in the qualifying yeah. like? Do you want to? Are you are you more interested about winning that and taking your best team and taking Rashford and Sancho and you know players like that, or you know I start thinking about players like Trent Alexander Arnold and stuff like that. They're just England internationals now. He's Sancho's following a for me a similar curve to Rashford with England, and I just I don't think he'll be out the squad now. So I think the the under twenty ones still have a strong side without without them. But no, I think they're England full internationals now. 
And the trouble is, I guess if you if you then if you then drop Sancho to like uh, to the under twenty ones and you play someone let's say older and you know more experienced, and we're just going against the whole play, playing our youth. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you know if if a comp, if the tournament bombs. And it's like, oh, you know, we had a poor tournament. Well, why did we have Sancho at the end of the 21s and started playing, you know, whoever? I don't know, Lallana. Do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd take him. I'd agree. If he's, he carries on current form, then he certainly deserves to be in the main squad and he should be yeah, in the main squad without question. Together, isn't it? And then this UEFA Nations will be game time, competitive game time ahead of uh, the Euros in two years, which is, I suspect, the, the main goal now. That is the, that is the goal, isn't it? Um, was it, it was it this Euros or Qatar? They that, that was the goal to win. It was before this World Cup. The goal was set, wasn't it? Like they weren't expecting yeah. too much from the World Cup or anything. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's the Euros, but you know that that would be tough. But you you don't want to send Sancho off to play with those lads and then try and bed him back into the squad again. I think yeah, leave him leave him as it is. Okay, so there was a, a post on Instagram before the game from Dejan Lovren where he basically admitted to elbowing Sergei Ramos in the Spain game on Wednesday or Thursday of last week and said that he gave it to him good or something along those lines. And he was very angry on Sunday as well, wasn't he? Odd bloke, isn't he? I don't know what his... Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't. <laughs> not a Liverpool fan, not a great... I hate Lovren. It's just... It's, it's just slightly deluded, isn't he? You know, he isn't that good. I, like, don't, I know he's in a... Uh, a, a major, well, two major finals, wasn't he? And like, but that's where, like, you One know, we, you look back at stats and you're like, oh, I don't say the true thing. Yeah. Can you not, like, you know, when you can, he, is there no retrospective action when you say you intended? I'm surprised UEFA, FIFA, whoever it is, haven't picked up and done something about that because, yes, very much you can be done for uh, stuff that you put out on your personal, well, any personal social media. You can do it even down to. Western Sports FC level with Somerset FA choose to look at your tweets Instagram something and you're putting something like that they can and sometimes will charge you it has been done in Somerset before which is who, who we answer to on social media these days well see aren't you yeah. it, can, it can all get out of hand and a little bit embarrassing and you sometimes think that people should just behave like adults and, and let things go but it doesn't always work does it like that no it doesn't do you think so, even cares uh, not Lovren Ramos do, no. do you know what I mean he's just I reckon they probably load it up in the Real Madrid dressing room oh, and are wetting it, themselves. They, there was something else about, I think Van Dijk came out this week and said that the Real Madrid players targeted Alexander-Arnold in the final when Salah came off or something like that. And it, you're just thinking, lads, come on, it's November now. That final was May. <laughs> like, uh, it's Liverpool fans down to a T. So... So, going through to the, for the rest of it then, um, over the weekend, um, there's, a, there's a couple of surprises really. Um, there was one group, with the France-Holland-Germany group. Germany were definitely relegated, they were bottom of the pile by a long way. It could have been France going into the finals, it could have been Holland. Holland needed a draw to get them there against Germany. 2-0 down, five minutes to go, but came back to draw with Germany, which sent them through to the finals. Another big comeback, Switzerland, 2-0 down to Belgium, scored five to win 5-2. They had to win by two clear goals to get to the finals and have. So the finals consist of England, Holland, Switzerland and Portugal. Do we need to turn up or do we just get the trophy now? I've got the trophy, haven't we? <laughs> we got it. You know, yeah, no, we have to turn uh, Yeah, we need to turn up, don't we? You just know that going to turn up and... He'll score one of his every few years free kick and just have one of those games and you just 
Yeah, you can you can tell already. Or, or someone, or someone just horror. You know, like Shakiri, just bends in a forty-yard free kick for no reason. Yeah, been awful all year. Yeah, oh. but yeah. I mean, Holland's renaissance has been pretty startling to be honest because they've been dreadful for a few years with Koeman in charge now uh, and these finals are going to be held in Portugal we don't know who you get but like you say it's pretty much man-made for, for Ronaldo to come through are we going to sort of get the chance to cheer and all get soaked in watery lager for a bit or you know is it going to be crushing disappointment in the first game uh, I'll be interested to see how it plays out because most of us went to the Arrow or different, you know, a similar Yeovil pub for the England World Cup games. And, you know, games like Panama were A, expensive and B, very moist because you score six goals and every time you're just taking the sip of your, first, of, of your new pint and then Lingard bends one home and things like that and you're thinking, here we go. So you just chuck your beer but I don't, I'd be interested to see whether everyone will flock for it and um, and then celebrate goals but I think being England I'm sure any excuse for a bit of a, a session I can imagine that it would uh, it might get a bit lively again Okay you probably heard a bit of background noise again I think we're going to get asked if we want to join in the quiz in a minute but hopefully you can still hear us Okay, so moving on to the from the England game, then just a couple of little other ones. Uh, Paul Pogba can't let the whole slow step run up thing lie from his penalties. We've seen him previously do a little the same run up to his car, saying it's how I always do it. This week he's been at it again and putting it himself in a race against the turtle. At least he's got a sense of humour. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Shame he's miles off. David Silva and De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he, just a not. I don't know you, United fans. He's just whatever. He, he's quality, isn't he? But just on his day, he's outstanding. But it, again, like too many others, he's inconsistent. Yeah, he is. Um, it's sometimes you watch games like the City away game last year, where he kind of seems to you know pull his socks up and start performing. But you just know next the week after he's going to have a a howler and not look interested and, and do something like where you you one nil or two nil up and try a, a rainbow flick on the edge of the area and you just he's frustrating because you he, know if he if he played under yeah Pat, you know if he'd be an absolute baller wouldn't he you know that <laughs> just if, would, if him and Martial are at City you can just imagine like Martial's starting to turn it on now don't get me wrong but you can just imagine what kind of performances Pogba would be putting in and it's it's frustrating but Allegri at Juventus got the best out of him Deschamps got the best out of him in France does it come down to Mourinho uh, I think you've got a certain view on that anyway, <laughs> haven't you, Phil? So That might be the leading question, so we'll leave that one there. Uh, OK, guys, I don't know how you're fixed on this, but uh, another aside, I've heard that Harry Redknapp is currently in the jungle. Uh, I'm certainly not going to start watching it now, and I've never watched it, but how's he, how's he getting on? Yeah, uh, he's doing all right, actually. I think he's got so many stories. It's one of them where you look at the the cast and you kind of wish you could get in there for a day and just sit with him and just uh, talk to him about stories you see some of the ones he comes out with about like Benjani and people like that and you think uh, you just love to spend the day with him but yeah he's doing alright he's doing alright I think he's thing with Harry is you never know what he's going to say next and there's there's a few fears that there might be a, a rogue comment from him and he'll just suddenly be removed from the jungle but uh, he's yeah. a bit worried about a Ron Atkinson moment coming up potentially though Oh Christ! I forgot about that. Or Rodney Marsh with the tsunami after the tsunami. Yeah, but uh, no, he's he's doing a lot better than what I thought, and um, I think that a lot of people are getting behind him. So um, 
if you got a spare five, it might be worth getting a bet on him to win it. Okay, so well, we'll keep we'll keep uh, keep tabs on that, Murphs, and you can be our expert. I'm a celebrity correspondent because it appears that we don't have anybody else here who's into that. Uh, just to say this week that I read a newspaper story; it sort of tickled me slightly, which was a man who's been running his own radio station for well since the 1970s. Uh, unfortunately, due to licensing rules and various other things, he's had a listener ever since then of one person, which is his wife. He broadcasts from his garden shed and she listens to it in the house, but sometimes she goes out shopping. So I sort of fear that this is how this podcast might end up, but currently we're well above the viewing figures of one. So good news, lads. Keep it going, all right? So, Anne, final thing, really. Question for you. What do you, me, and Peter Crouch have in common? Massive. Go on. No, go on. I was going to say you'd all be virgins if you weren't good at football. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking killed me, eh? <laughs> uh, all, all three of us have in common penises over 10 inches. <laughs> uh, well, aside from that obvious fact, Dan, uh, no, it's not it. He was. If you ever listen to the Peter Crouch podcast, he revealed on one of his latest episodes, uh, which is very good, by the way, lads, so keep up the good work and. A reciprocal mention would be great, just in case you ever catch this. But it's the fact that both, certainly I'm regular, you're in and out, but Peter Crouch also does body pump with his wife, Abby. And it's quite a good session. <laughs> there we are. Well, I'll get on the phone to him and see if we can join in with, uh, with Abby. That, body pump. Yeah, that's, that's one of the worst things, the most disappointing ones I've heard in a long time. You I do body pump, you, Yeah, I do bits and pieces. <laughs> just one thing before we end as well. If anyone hasn't seen it, go on and look at Patrice Evra's latest social media post. They've been getting weirder and weirder, and he's done one this week where he's caressing a raw chicken <laughs> and starts licking it and biting it and spanking it. So to do Thanksgiving. Yeah, for Thanksgiving. So I think it is, but if you, it might be a turkey then, but. He's about to become director of football at Man United, apparently, according to reports. So the future's looking very bright under him, Mourinho and Woodward. So, uh, so yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll have a clear policy, unlike Mourinho. Anyway, leaving that. Um, we've, over the last couple of weeks, asked you to uh, submit your questions to us. Uh, you can use the hashtag WSFCPod on Twitter uh, or submit it through our other social media outlets. And we're really delighted to say we've been inundated with one question. It's from Stephen McDade, who's well known to some of us here, an ex-player. It's at Stephen McDade 77. That's Stephen with a PH. Uh, hello, Maka. Hope you and Mara are very well. Uh, and his question is, I think it's a slightly leading question, if I'm honest, but who are the fittest players ever to play for Westlands? He does then go on to say, I'm not expecting my name to be mentioned, but he is really. Um, I can say from Maka, I remember playing a game away at Gillingham, obviously the Gillingham slopey pitch. We played, actually he was playing full gill, he'd left us, but he played 90 minutes, extra time, penalty shootout, scored in the penalty shootout, did the Yeovil half marathon the next morning and came third. So I think he's, he's got to be up there quite high, because in all the running I ever used to do with him, he left us behind. Wow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> who'd, who'd do a half marathon after that film? So, Makovic, it could well be you, but um, there's other players like Yogi Murley's played well into his, or at least to his 50 pretty much, for various Western sides, so I guess you've got to be fairly capable of doing that. Um, I'm not sure. Do we think any of the current crop of players could live up to something like that? Who have we got who's like stands out? Anyone in particular? Scott Smith? 
Yeah, Scotty Smith or... Yeah, Mate, he's I'm going. telling you, Scott Smith would beat Carney in long distance running. 100%. Ka- Carney's one of the most unfit players, which is why he's not Carney, starting. Carney, Trev and Charlie Gay. Yeah. But it's, it's because of the amount of training they do, Charlie, isn't it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Where he just can't get Charlie off the training ground. We're trying to turn the floodlights off and he just wants to do another lap. And <laughs> I don't know. Henry, Henry's quite fit, isn't he? You know, yeah. if we all get on his well low-fat cornflakes <laughs> yeah, yeah. beans on toast three and a half hours before the game uh, we might all be fitter but is, is this a loaded question do you want us to say you Wells no I don't yeah. I right, feel Wells <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you guys um, other stuff that's out there guys is our uh, predictor scores ongoing if you've not seen our predictor scores all you've got to do is guess the scores for three games in the coming weekend there's a current prize part of £900 which for a bet of just a pound is definitely good odds so get involved get in touch with us if you'd like to join in this Saturday the 24th of November we've also got our race night coming up it's being held at the Arrow Pub it's a traditional race night you'll absolutely love it we're on straight after the Tottenham Chelsea game which will be a great time come and watch a game of football come and watch Western Sports Reserves at Alvington first off in the afternoon come and watch the uh, Tottenham Chelsea game then come and join in on our race night it's a good opportunity for a bit of social side have a couple of beers have a little bit of a bet and have a really good night so we'd be delighted to see you supporting us there and that's it. We're done again for another week. You can now catch our podcasts through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, and Radio Republic. More than half of which are things I haven't heard of. So please subscribe. Please give us a nice rating and please share us with your friends, colleagues, people you don't like if that's what you feel about it. But either way, as we mentioned, we love to hear your thoughts and what we've done and any questions you have about either us grassroots football the DPL Dorset Senior League or any of the youth sides or the running of the club uh, so please get in touch we've now had one question so we're hoping that's the start of many and next week we'll have an avalanche of correspondence to keep us occupied you can search for our web page we're on Facebook and on Twitter the hashtag at Westland underscore sports so please get in touch as we said use the hashtag WSFCpod and we'll find your comments and questions and we'll talk about them next week and it remains to say thank you very much to Ant and Merce for uh, coming to talk to us tonight and giving their opinions and say all the best of luck and the best of luck to all our teams this coming weekend and obviously we'll see you at the race night thank you very much <laughs>